Whether you want a laid-back trail to hit with friends or you're planning something more adventurous, All Trails Plus is your guide to making the most of your time outdoors. Get outside today with three free months of All Trails Plus with code PODCAST23 at alltrails.com slash podcast. Leftovers. Or the DMV. Number 97. Or house cleaning. Or Chumba Casino always brings the fun. Play over a hundred different games online for free from anywhere. You could redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. Live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. If you like compassion, excuses, and heartwarming messages, you have clicked on the wrong f***ing link. There's a new sports voice in Toronto. The smooth-talking, roughnecking Mike Roach, where sports life and truth collide. New sports entertainment for the next generation. Something different. No bias and no BS. This is the Mike Roach Podcast. Subscribe to the Mike Roach Podcast on Spotify and Apple Podcast. And remember to follow Mike on Instagram at MikeRoach7 and at OXP.media. What's going on, people? Gotta give a shout out to all the OXP followers, all the OXP supporters, supporters of the Mike Roach podcast, and everything to do with OXP. Got a special guest for you today, Sly Walters, sports psychologist and athletic trainer. And boy, this episode was heavy. People, please, your family, your friends, if you have children, this is a very important episode. We spoke about, you know, why meditation is so important. What may go through the minds of athletes? We talked about Sly growing up with a single mother in a rough neighborhood and how we overcame that. What type of education do you need to become a sports psychologist? And so many other things. It's a very important episode with all the things going on right now in the world. I think this is a must listen. We have to keep our sanity. We must protect it with everything that we have. So this is the Mike Roach podcast featuring Sly Walters. What's going on, people? Welcome to another episode of the Mike Roach podcast brought to you by the one and only OXP Media and the Battle Canada series. Now, before I even get this podcast started, ladies and gentlemen, I really got to take the time to show some appreciation and say thank you to all those who have been reaching out to me, um, telling me thank you for all these podcasts that I've been putting out consistently. And I need to say I need to thank all of you guys for all the support, uh, all the love, uh, the acknowledgement, all the advice and all that kind of stuff. Um, I th- I think a lot of y'all are listening to the podcast now because it's we're in quarantine time. Who are you kidding me? We're in quarantine time right now, and you got to have a little bit more time on your hands, and you're starting to listen to a lot more of these shows. But nevertheless, I got to give a shout-out to all the people who have been hitting me up, who have been listening to the podcast. So just got to say thank you to all of our OXP supporters. And now, people, it's the moment you have been waiting for another Mike Roach podcast and I got a special guest for you today Sly Walters athletic trainer and sports psychologist Sly how you doing today my friend I'm doing fabulous yourself Mike 
you know what? I can't complain considering the uh, circumstances that are going on in the world right now. You know, so, so but how have things been for, for you lately, especially with everything going on with the uh, coronavirus? You know, things have been, they've been a little bit different, but they still continue to go. I mean, things are still moving as, as per usual, but, you know, with a slight change. Um, I like to work with athletes face to face, but that has gone down. It's come down a notch, but we still get together and we're able to do some things face to face, just not as much as before. So Sly, now you are an athletic athletic trainer and a, and a sports psychologist, but uh, before we even get into the athletic trainer part, what explain to us exactly what a psychologist does. So the way that I like to explain it is I try to get myself as deep within a person as possible. Um, I like to try to get to know my clients as far as, you know, their culture, uh, a genetic standpoint, their social norms, and from a development standpoint. And then from there, I try to create a situation within them that allows them to grow and allows them to get to their objectives and their goals. So it's all about me getting to know them, their behaviors, and then helping them to achieve those goals by specializing, you know, uh, creating a program that, that targets them and their goals. It's always custom and unique to that individual from a psychological standpoint. Now, what kind of schooling do you have to go through to become a psychologist? You know, there's, there's, a, there's a lot of different avenues, a lot of different roads that you can go. I took the online approach, and I found that it worked better for my schedule. You know, I started off as an athletic trainer, and then I got into the psychological part of the game because I saw that, you know, some, some athletes were different than others and I wanted to know what the differences were so I, I went down that path afterwards and you know from a from a educational standpoint for me it was really you know this best fits my lifestyle so I did everything online and and just read everything that I could possibly read before jumping in to any online courses but I've taken wow well, I want to say probably about four online courses thus far and I still have more to go. So what I want to know is because you dig into people's lives. So now I want to dig into your life a little bit to understand why you became a psychologist, right? Because it must have something to do at at least to a to a minimal degree of how you were raised and maybe where you grew up. Maybe you wanted to make some type of of change in people's lives. So I mean, where did you grow up and what was it like in your household? Wow. Well, you know, it, it, this is kind of, um, this is a great question, actually, because it kind of takes me back as, as you're asking the question, I'm kind of going back into my childhood. You know, I grew up in, I grew up in Toronto, the West End, Etobicoke, of Toronto, and not the greatest area, but I mean, you know, my household was, my household was you know, a single parent. It was my mom that was there. And I looked at the environment around me and really the one thing that, that stood out to me 
as a kid is I was really curious. I was curious about a lot of different things. Why is my life different than my schoolmate's life? Why is my life, you know, different than the other people that I see around me? Or, you know, how come they have so much and we don't have that much? So I was always curious about the things that were in my environment and why, why, why was always in the front of my mind. So for me personally, you know, it was curiosity that brought me to this point. And working with athletes to this day, it's always curiosity that leads me to looking for new information. I think that there's always an answer. If you look to get deep enough, if you're willing to dig, if you're willing to take the time to learn, then you'll find the answers that you're looking for. And, I, and I've always been that person to, to look and take the time to try to research and find the information or find an answer to what I'm looking for. Now, you said you grew up with a single mother in, you know, not the the greatest of neighborhoods. And when you're asking all those questions of why is my life different, did that affect uh, your behavior in a negative way, you know, in regards to maybe school or socially when you were by yourself on the road or just in your everyday life? Uh, you know what? Another great question. Yeah, for sure. It, it it really did. I mean, you know, I didn't look at school as a useful tool until I got to about grade 11. And in grade 11, I was woken up by a teacher that, you know, my English teacher, he he didn't have a TV, which which, again, piqued my curiosity. Everybody has a TV. How come you don't have one? You know, and all he did was read. He always brought books in to read. And and once he got my curiosity up and he told me, you know, reading is the best way to get information. Um, you know, watching TV is great. A lot of people like to do it, but I choose to just try to get as much knowledge in this lifetime that I have. So, you know, he kind of started me on that path. I, I didn't pick it up right away, but, you know, it was like, uh, I didn't, I didn't see school as a useful tool until later on. And, you know, and, and it took me some time to kind of figure out the path that I wanted to go down. And I've changed hats. I've been in the corporate world. Um, that was that was a learning experience, you know, and then I moved on from that. And it's, you know, probably this is going to be my, uh, I want to say my third, third career change, because really and truly, I, I graduated from, you know, college with a computer science degree. So for me, it was like, well, that was what I thought I wanted, but I see more in the world. And every time I see more, I got to find a way to get it. Now, I, I also grew up with a single mother and I have a two year old daughter right now with another daughter on the way within a month. And I am wow. I am married, but I also grew up with, you know, a single mother with two other siblings in the household and me being an adult right now, even though I'm married, raising a two-year-old, it's tough. So I can imagine, or maybe I should say, I can imagine being a single parent, right? On, on how hard that must be, uh, especially when you're raising a young black male in a neighborhood that is, you know, not the easiest place, right? So when you're growing up, even now as a grown man, what are some of the principles that you uh, look back to to see that your mother has taught you? You know, first and foremost, 
you know, the thing that she taught me was respect, you know, having respect for, for everyone that you come in contact with is the utmost, the most important thing. You know, you got a last name that's attached to you and that's your family's name. So you need to make sure that every time you go out, you know that you're wearing your family's name on your sleeve and you need to show people respect. So that's something that, that I've always, you know, that, that was instilled in me and I've grown up with and I, I try. I teach my kids that. I shouldn't say try. I do teach my kids that that everybody deserves respect until they've shown you otherwise. So for me, that was like lesson number one. That was that was it. You, you get that, then everything else is going to be easy. You don't get that, life's going to be very very difficult for you. So tell me about when you were you decided to uh, be a, a sports psychologist. How did you come to that? decision when you were in school um again that happened afterwards so i mean you know i i became a athletic trainer working with athletes and and some of the very elite athletes um that this city has seen you know some some athletes that you know play for tfc some athletes that have gone on to the olympics and won olympic medals you know from a, a swimming standpoint i always wondered and, and again curiosity wondered what made the difference between those that didn't make their goals or become professional or go to the Olympics or turn pro. What was the difference between those ones and, and the ones that, that did just didn't make it? I mean, everybody tries, but sometimes it's just not, it doesn't work out. So what was the difference? And the more I asked that question is the more it led me down the path of, of becoming a, a performance psychologist, you know, I started looking at the mind, you know, the brain consciousness and learning more and more about human behavior and what makes people different. Everybody has a different life experience. So I started going down that rabbit hole because I wanted an answer. I, I really, really wanted to know what the difference was. And from that standpoint, you know, it just led me down the path of, of taking online courses. And I think, you know, really and truly, I, I wish that there was just one course or one school that you can go to and learn all the things that you need to learn. But there isn't. It's always a, a constant stream of information that you have to be taking in in order to learn and in, in order to grow. I believe that no one place gives you all the information that you need. Again, everybody's life experience is different. Thus, you have to try to grab as much information as you can and apply it at best you can. I hope that answers your question. Yeah. So let me ask you this. Why do we as people act the way we do? You know, that really depends on a lot. And I mean, when I say a lot, that there's there's so many variables which create so many different recipes and so many different outcomes for individuals. You know, people in general, you know, as a child, you have one set of experiences. And, you know, from age zero to seven, that's when a lot of your your life is being created and being downloaded to you as a child. And then as you grow older, you know, your environment plays a part in it. Your culture plays a part in it. The people that you come into contact play a part in it. The way your parents interact with different, different people play a part in it. And it molds you into this, indiv 
this individual, you know, whether or not, you know, your parents read to you when you're a child, that's part of it. That molds you in a certain way, you know, and there's a difference between those that are read to as children and those that are not, you know, the way that they do in school and the way that they look at school, how important is school and how, how important does it become? Like, are, are, are your grades that important? Are you looking beyond high school, you know, beyond middle school, beyond high school, beyond university? You know, what kind of projection did your parents take for you in creating your life and ensuring that your life is going to be the best quality life you have? You know, and as a parent, I learned these things later on in life that all these little small nuances that you can do to help direct your children in the best possible way plays a part in the outcome. And it plays a part in the type of person that they become and whether or not they give back to their community, whether or not they they see their community as, well, this is you know my community and I wanna be a positive part of that community. There's a lot of different nuances. So it's, it, the, there is no one answer. It's, it's a lot of different things that play a part. Genetics is another part too, and, and development, how you see you know, life in general, like where do you wanna be, right? How do you develop yourself as a person? That's probably to me, one of the most important things because if you take curiosity or you just take development as a, a gold standard in your life, then you're always going to be reaching for better and more and more information and just trying to find a way to do things as best you can. So what are some of the resources that you've used to develop yourself along the way? Whether it be I, just books or sitting down with people or... You know, I always start with um, finding somebody that I could mentor or that could mentor me, right? Finding a role model and then having that role model say, here, read these books or here, go and take this class or look at this university or go get these books, right? That's, that's my first approach is always find somebody who's where I want to be and then reach out to them and ask them, how do I get to where you are? And to me, that's always been the, the, not necessarily the fastest route, but probably the best route in getting to where I need to be. Because then, you know, I remember reaching out to um, one of my mentors, my current mentors, and I asked him for a list of books. And, you know, he recommended five books. And out of the five books, I had read two already. So I was, in my mind, I was, thinking I'm on the right path. This is great. Now I got to go get those other, other three books and continue learning and continue the process. So along with reading and having a mentor, there's also the online portion. I mean, we're, we're in a day and age where information is at our fingertips and not everybody chooses to use all that information, but I do. I want to know what I don't know. And I think the more that I learn about what I don't know is the more that I... I I realize, hey, there's so much more to this and, and I need to learn as much as I can. So if you could sit down with anybody to learn from, past or present, who would it be and why? <laughs> wow, that's, uh, that's a great question. You know, I think if, if, you, if you had to, or if I had to sit down with somebody you know, I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to swing this a different way. 
you know, one of my one of my idols from an artist perspective is Bob Marley. I, I really uh, I'm I'm just That's thrilled a, by Bob wow, Marley. Wow, wow, that is interesting. It is, it is, because you know I find him very, very unique because he looked at his life as his life is not for him, his life is for the people, and he had an interesting message. You know, he's he always had a message, and you know. His, you know, and back in those days too, was different. His mom was black, his father was white. You know, not a lot of people know that. They just look at Bob Marley as, as you know, he's an artist. I don't think a lot but of they, people do know that. No, they, they don't, you know? And I think that when you realize that, you're, you're looking at an individual that grew up in a time when interracial, you know, couples or offspring, if you will, if you will were frowned upon and this is like the the biggest artist to come out of the caribbean to come out of jamaica and not only was he the biggest artist but to come out of jamaica he's he's probably one of the biggest artists in the world and to me he he saw something that nobody else saw at the time and his music just transcended time and it and it was there was there's always a message so I would love to sit down with him and ask him, you know, where does your inspiration come from? You know, what do you do to to reach to a higher level of consciousness to write your music? Because I know you're you're not on the same plane and you're not vibrating at the same frequency as everybody else. You're at a higher frequency. So how do you how do you get there? And what do you see? And how do you communicate? And how does that you know, how does all of that come together in your music and how do you put it out there? Do you, does that make sense? Yeah, you know what? It, it's crazy. It's just making me think because I've asked this question to so many people and you're the first one who's ever given me that type of answer. Because Bob yeah. Marley, Bob Marley, I mean, I come from, from Jamaican background, right? So he's, I mean, he's huge within yes. my family. And not yes. just with Jamaicans. He was huge in Europe. He was huge in Africa. Yes. He was huge everywhere, right? Everywhere. But um, it's, it's just interesting because when you sit down, even beyond, like you said, he has all these messages in his music. Every single song has yep. meaning, right? And you sit down and you watch some of his interviews and you just see how how deep he gets into uh, whenever he's talking to somebody, his his level of of thought and consciousness, yes. right? So it actually is a, a a fantastic answer and a very different answer than I typically get when I when I ask that question. But with that being said, what makes you feel inspired or feel like your best self every day when you get up? You know, for me personally, I feel great after I meditate. You know, I meditate every day, and I think that's something that we need to teach in our community. We need to teach the younger generation that this is a tool for you to better yourself. And I feel that when I'm a better person, when I feel my best, that's when I'm ready to give my best. If I'm never, if, if you know, if you go through life and you don't, or you go through a week, let's say, and you don't necessarily have a good week. What's the quality of the work that you're putting out? It's probably not that great. 
So chances are the days that you feel great, you put out quality work and you get a lot of things done. You, you get a lot of objectives completed. But how do you ensure that you have a good day? Most days, not every day is a great day for me, but most days are great. So one, I, I practice meditation and two, I practice gratitude. I'm thankful and I, I've learned to, to be grateful and thankful for the smaller things in my life. The things that money can't buy, we don't, we don't put any value on them. And we got to be thankful for those small things, the relationship that you have with your parents, the relationships that you have with your spouse, the relationship that you have with your kids, the relationship that you have with your neighbor, because it could be a bad situation. Be thankful that it's a good one. The relationship that you have with your boss, do you have a good boss? Cultivate a good relationship, even with your coworkers. Be thankful for those things, and the day changes, and it looks a lot different, and your energy around you changes. And when that energy around you changes, you start to draw good people towards you. And when you draw good people towards you, good things start to happen in your life. And that's first and foremost for me is put yourself in the right headspace. Give yourself the best chance at having a really, really good day by meditating. And I teach young people how to meditate. Sometimes they don't like to hear the word meditation. And I think kids that are, so I have athletes that come to me, and I'm sorry to make this a long answer, but I have athletes that come to me that are, you know, 13 years old and 14 year old. And how do you tell them to meditate? You know, I, I teach them sit down and, and I'm, I'm glad you're them. saying this because it's exactly what I was about to ask you. <laughs> I teach them to to sit still, quiet themselves, find a find a place that's quiet that you can be alone and do a body scan. And that's the first thing that I teach people is how to do a body scan. Young athletes especially, especially because what is that? A, to... a body scan. So, you know, I I would tell them that, you know, sit still, be, you know, find a quiet place, sit still and listen to your breathing. And I say take about 20 deep breaths and make it slow, as slow as possible, you know, in through your nose, out through your mouth. And then once you've completed about 20 breaths, I would tell them to then think of their foot, then their knee, then their hip, then their stomach, then their shoulder, then their head, then go down the other side of their body and do that in reverse until they get to the other foot. And every time you hit a body part, take two, deep breath, go in and out. And then again, in and out, and then move on to the next body part. After they do this, no matter what situation they're in, they're, they've just resetted their mind. They just reset their mindset, their state of mind, I should say. And by doing that, you give yourself the best possible chance to start your day. And in addition to that, for me personally, before I meditate, I get up. I don't look at my phone. I never look at my phone first thing in the morning. I'm so guilty of that. I, I, oh, I'm so guilty <laughs> of that. And you know, and it's no. so crazy. And and sorry to cut you off here, but no, you know, it's funny when I get up and I look at my phone. First of all, you know, most of the things I find I'm seeing are just useless or negative. Mm-hmm. And then after I get up from seeing those things, I feel disgusted. Yep. Yep. Well, here's, here's why. And I'll tell you why 
I don't look at my phone and it's for that exact reason. I don't want to create a thought and start a wave of thoughts and emotions moving in a direction that I don't want. I want to start the day the way that I want it to start. I want it to start in a positive way. So for me, it's always been put the phone aside. Let me give myself the best possible chance to start the day in a way that's that's going to enrich my day. That's going to start me on a positive way, right? The way that you choose, once you see your phone, you know, the way your, 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 your brain works is you have a thought. And if I tell you right now, let's, 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 let's do a little exercise. Okay. So if, if I tell you right now, Michael, how would you tell an athlete to become a professional athlete what's the first thing that you would do to tell an athlete to become a professional what do you got to do out of all your work okay so now work is the first thing that popped up in your mind right yeah what's the second thing that popped up in your mind what else um dedication dedication so did you have to think about work did did you have to think about that or did that just that just popped in your head it just popped in Okay, so you're, that's how your brain works. It's one thought comes in, and then it's going to pull in another like thought, and then it's going to pull in another like thought, and another thought, and another thought, and before you know it, you're on this wave moving, moving in a direction that maybe you chose, maybe you didn't choose, but you have the choice to choose. You have that ability to choose. So don't allow, you know, social media to jump in your face first and foremost, right? Because if it does, chances are you're not going to see something positive. Yeah, so pretty much. Why, why do that? Why You want to control your day. Don't allow it to be taken control of. And it's, it's, it's crazy you talk about this meditation thing. I was, uh, I was listening to a Dr. Phil podcast and he was talking to Oprah about uh, and and actually Oprah was talking to Dr. Phil about meditation and that she does it and they said there was actually meditation was the only thing that she said was a scientific proven fact that can anti-age you have you ever heard that before yes oh yes that's yeah. unbelievable for sure for sure. Your mind, you know, your brain has the ability to do so much, but we, we don't use it enough. You know, one of the things that, well, I should even say this, but <laughs> one of the things that I, I tell my athletes that I work with is get in the habit of this. If you, if, if you can do this, you'll double the amount of hours that you put in from a practice perspective. How do you double the hours that you put in from a practice perspective? Well, after practice is over, you go home and sit by yourself. And I like to start them off with five minutes. And eventually that five minute becomes half an hour, 45 minutes, an hour. And I mean, over three months, right? We start off with five minutes, so it becomes a habit. And there's a psychological play at doing that as well. But come home after practice, and visualize yourself practicing just for five minutes. Think about you, what you were just doing. What was the technical aspect of what you were just trying to do or what your coach was just teaching you? 
Think about that for five minutes and practice that in your mind. Well, this has a neurological benefit. You start to strengthen those new neurological connections that you just made. And the thicker they get, those are called dendrites. And the thicker those dendrites get is the more it becomes an automatic process from a movement perspective. So you're coming home and you're practicing what you just practiced. Your mind doesn't know the difference between reality and what's, what's fantasy, what you've created. It's just going to give you the results that you want. And there's tons of studies that prove that this works and that you strengthen those neurological connections. So if you could come home and get in the habit of, of training your mind, then it's going to help you to double your hours. And the more you double your hours is the closer you become to, to one, to maybe getting to your goal, maybe getting a scholarship, maybe you know, moving up in, in the ranks of becoming from a semi-professional athlete to a professional athlete, maybe doubling your contract. Some professional athletes do this. Most don't, but some do. And those that do see the benefits. I'm really glad I have you on this podcast right now. Uh, <laughs> Thank you. Thank you for having me, man. I, I really appreciate uh, I, it. I mean, I mean, there's going to be a lot of people listening to this, and damn it, we need to hear it because you're dropping some gems right now. And, but, but let me Thank ask you. you this. Let me ask you this. Sure. If you could turn back the time and, and talk to your 18-year-old self, what would you tell yourself? Oh, my goodness. Man. It, what wouldn't I tell myself that I know today? <laughs> wow, you know, I think I, you know, when I when I see these these young kids come in, and I think of myself and having had the opportunity, one, I didn't have a person like me at my age. These guys didn't, you know, what I do didn't exist really. It was far and few between. So I think if if I had to go back, I would tell myself to outsource or find somebody like this. Go find somebody with these attributes. Because one, if you have somebody like this in your corner, it's going to make you a sharper person. You know, kids, you know, especially young males, we're driven by testosterone. We're we get fired up over everything. Do we know where to point that energy? That's the most important thing. Where do we point that energy? And how do we use it? How do we put off some things that we can have later on, later on in life? and we could best enhance our chances to have the best future. You know, it's, it's those who plan for the best future that actually have a good one. So I would tell myself, hey, you got all these skills. You need to put certain things aside, you know, how much time you spend with your friends, how much time you goof around, and really set aside time for your future. What do you want your future to look like? And work it backwards. And this is the work that's required today. So if I was myself, that's exactly the message that I would be pitching. But I'd have to find somebody like me. As a parent, I only wish for my, my kids to have another person like myself that they can talk to. Kids need somebody who is a parent type person that has their best interest at heart to be in their corner. I can call, you know, when kids reach out to me and send me messages and just want to talk. And sometimes we're in a training session. We don't even train because they want to talk to somebody. And, and that session is better than anything, any training session that we could probably have at times. And I'm sure so, after they get to speak to 
to someone, um, their athletic training and performance probably improves. Oh, for sure. For sure. It, it's their focus that improves more than anything. You know, that that's the key. It's, it's where you, every day you get up, Mike, and you point your energy at something. You know, what do you want your day to look like? And then what do you want your tomorrow to look like? And what do you want your next month and next year to look like? Well, you got to start pointing that energy at something today. You got to make sure that your day involves tomorrow. Your day today involves next year. And only until you start thinking about it today, will it start to take shape the way you want it to take shape. Wow. Tell me, something about you maybe at a time in your life but i mean it could be you know now or maybe something of the past but tell me something about you at a time you never wanted anybody to know about you never wanted anybody you know i think um my childhood again wasn't um wasn't the best and it's funny because, you know, here, here's, this is this is as pure as it can possibly get. You know, again, I told you I didn't live in the best neighborhood. Mm-hmm. And there was a, a gentleman that came by our house to seal our patio. We just got our patio done in the back. And he came by and he came to just seal the patio. And my wife has had a great life. Her life was totally opposite to mine. She had both parents at home, had a nice home, a nice house, lived in a great neighborhood, all that stuff. So this guy was sealing the drive, the, the, the patio, and I was watching him from inside the house for a second. And he had this little thing that he had, the solution that he was using to spray with. And he kind of gave it two pumps. And as soon as he pumped it, I was like, I've seen that pump before. And you know what it was? It was when you live in a, not the greatest neighborhood, and you have to get your, your apartment fumigated. Yeah. That's, the same kind of, that's the same kind of pump system that they would use to come in and spray all the apartments. And I said to my wife, you know, that just reminded me of where I used to live as a kid. And oh my God, I'm thankful for today. Because now we're doing, we're, we're sealing our patio. And I remember being a kid and not even having a big enough home to live in, never mind, you know, one that's free of, you know, insects, let's say, mm-hmm. you know, so yeah. for me, that was like that, that just took me right back. And I was, you know, it, I'm just grateful to have what I have, you know, I, I really am because not everybody lives that way. You know, that's not everybody has the privileges that we have. You know, not everybody has a phone. We're sitting here, we're talking on technology, and and not everybody has access to that. You know, or maybe they have a phone today and it's gone tomorrow because they can't afford to keep it. Yeah. So we just got to look for little things in our environments to be thankful for and to be grateful for. That's all. All right, Sliza, I got just a couple more questions here for you now, okay? Now, I was was watching a a video of you on, on YouTube and you said something that I'm going to repeat back to you. I want you to help me out with this, okay? So you said, sure. um, is one of your, your keynote speaking, it looks like you were at a school, right? Okay. And it said, you said, there was a person that you may not be aware of trying to get you to the next level. And when you choose to find that person, 
What do you believe will happen to you? What do you mean by that? So you're right. I was speaking at a school and I, I believe that, you know, for the, the message that I was giving to the audience was that there's always somebody that's in your life that cares about you. You know, I like to say to my kids, the person that loves you more than you love yourself is your parents, you know, but there's always somebody in your life that cares about you and that's trying to help you. And you may not be listening or you may not hear the message. You may not know because you're not really paying attention. But the minute or the moment you become aware of that person and their intentions to help you and you let them in, your life changes dramatically because they're gonna help you to avoid mistakes. So certain people have already paid for those mistakes and they're saying, listen, don't go down that path, go down this path because you're gonna avoid these mistakes. And sometimes mistakes can't be avoided, but if they can, do it, put the energy somewhere else. And if you find that person, your life just gets that much better because they care. Like I said to you earlier, finding, finding a mentor that cares makes a huge difference. And they start helping you to plan for the future. They look, even if they're only looking a month away or they're looking next year, next year, or whatever the case may be, they're looking out for your best interests. That's the person you need to find. Absolutely. Now, we have discussed uh, a lot of different things on this podcast. And you know what? Okay. I did say I was going to ask you this uh, before we started this show. Now, I know you're a big uh, sports guy. Are you a big basketball guy? I am. I, I know. Am. You, what's, the, what's, uh, what's the work you're doing with Doug Christie? Tell me about that. Uh, Doug and I are, are business partners. So, you know, I, I, I met him really and truly after his playing days or just to the tail end of his playing days. But he and I are, are, are business partners. We have uh, a couple of different companies that, that we run together and different, different products that we sell together. And he and I have come together to work on a couple of different other projects, small projects. When he comes into town, he you know, he works with these, uh, this basketball club and we run clinics together. So, you know, we're, we're business partners and we're great friends at the same time. Vince Carter retired today. When you hear the name Vince Carter, what's the, the first thing that comes to your mind? Wow. Um, my gosh, that guy impacted this city like no other person has. He is by far you know, one of the greatest players to play the game, but he's, he's, you know, for me personally, athletes, I see athletes all the time. The only athlete that or basketball player that I would want to meet really and truly, and I've met a bunch of guys, but the only one that I really want to meet that I haven't meet, met would be Vince Carter. And the only thing I would want to do is just shake his hand and tell him, thank you for what you've done for our city because we're on the map. Not only are we on the map, we won a championship. So that's awesome. And really, it has a lot to do with him. The Vince Carter effect. That's he is to me. He is. I'm Canadian. Uh, I'm from Toronto. And I would just like to say thank you. That's it. Nothing else. I don't need an autograph. I don't need a picture. I don't need nothing. Shake your hand. Tell you thank you for everything that you've done for our city. And that's it. 
athletes don't want all the, you know, some of them don't want all the lights and give me pictures and sign this and sign. Just thank you, man. That's it. And just mean it sincerely. Yeah, well said. He's getting a lot of love from all around Canada today as he made it official that he is going to be retiring after 22 seasons of NBA basketball. But uh, this wraps up another episode of the Mike Roach podcast. But before we get out of here, if you had a second to step into my shoes, what is a question that you would have asked yourself? <sighs> That's a good one. I, I, I think you've done an amazing job. So I can't, <laughs> I can't even say that I could come up with one. I think, I think you did you know, the energy took us in a certain direction and you hit everything right on the head. You, you took the hammer and you hit the nail right on the head with everything. So I can't even think of anything else that, that should have been asked or you, you, you just, you drew it out. I mean, from an emotional perspective, I felt it and there was a connection. So thank you. I can't think of anything else. Sly, really appreciate the time. Um, I mean, you dropped a lot of a lot of gems in this podcast. I mean, I've done a lot of shows, but you know, the information that you you gave in this podcast to help um, with your mind, you know, it's I'm already thinking of of how many times I'm going to have to replay this podcast because there are things. <laughs> I mean, I, I spoke to you a few days ago. I'm serious, man. I, I spoke to you a few days ago. Um, when I called you about doing this podcast and I told you I was supposed to call you from a week ago, but with, with yes. everything going on and me just watching the news and looking at social media, seeing black person after black person after black person being beat up or shot and killed or mm -hmm. having knees on people's necks on CNN, on MSNBC. And it, it, it just took a toll on my mind to a point yep. where I, I just had to shut things down, you know, like yep. turn off the phone, uh, the TV, let me just watch a show. I, I, I just couldn't do the news anymore. And, you know, when, I, when I had the number to call you, I was just like, you know what? I, I just can't do it right now. I just can't do it. I can't do anything. I just need to be away from everything in regards to media and doing anything. And you know what? After turning it all off for a few days and giving my, my mind and myself a chance to breathe, you feel a little bit better and, and you come back, you know? Yes, for sure. Just, yeah. But, um, but I, I really appreciate you taking the time to do this. And, you know, after speaking to you right now and feeling the, the, the positivity and the energy that you bring, you know, I, I, I just I know for sure this is not going to be the last time that I speak to you on a show. <laughs> that's great that's good you to know, hear so honestly that's good to hear you've been great thank you so much so mr walters i want to thank you so much for taking the time to do this and i hope we get to speak again soon all right for sure michael thank you for having me again thank you man really appreciate it that is sly walters people sports psychologist and athletic trainer so i'll speak to you again soon my friend yes stay great you too sly walters i mean incredible i mean Oh, my goodness. Like I said two or three times already, gem after gem after gem on this podcast. And I hope you guys just got um, a lot of information to soak in. Remember, to I mean, share these podcasts with your family members. Share it with your friends. Share it with your kids. 
acquaintances, your the people you work with. I mean, this is valuable information that we can all improve, use to improve the quality of our lives. You know what I mean? And, and this is why I do it. I do it for a reason that, you know, these these podcasts can help you. All right. That's why I'm doing it. I'm not just doing this for me. You know, I love to do these things, but I do it for you, the people, the listeners. All right. So that wraps up another episode of the Mike Roach podcast. Remember to like, follow, share, comment, everything OXP Media. Uh, my boy Brandon Graham on the First and Ted podcast. He's, he's, I mean, this dude is, he's just going ham right now with his episodes. If you haven't been listening to the First and Ten podcast, you need to step it up. You need to step it up because BG is bringing the heat. All right. He's bringing the heat right now. So that wraps up another episode of the Mike Roach podcast. This is OXP Media and looking forward to dropping you another episode next week. Peace. listening to the mike roach podcast where storytelling sports and keeping it real are the only ways to live by we hope you've gotten some valuable and practical information from the show link up with us on instagram at oxp.media or at mike roach 7 where you can view images of the content on this program we're on facebook apple podcast spotify and wherever you get your podcast have a wonderful day and thank you for listening Until next week. Leftovers or the DMV or house cleaning or Chumba Casino always brings the fun. Play over a hundred different games online for free from anywhere. You could redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. Live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. T plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.